This podcast contains strong language and adult themes. Date Night China explores life and love for better relationships in China. Every week, we hear from different guests and dive into dating, relationships, mental health, and how both expats and Chinese people connect with each other here in China. Join the Date Night community through our podcast and events in Beijing and Shanghai, and catch up on all the latest stories on our official WeChat account. Find our account on WeChat by searching Date Night China. No spaces, no capital letters. You can also join our WeChat group by adding Rachel, me, on WeChat. You can search Rachel Weiss twenty two, R A C H E L W E I S S twenty two. And now for this week's episode. This week, ten China daters join us to dive into the murky waters of catfishing. Bum bum bum. Oh, that's good. Add, add I'm addition. Gonna the, I'm gonna do the sound effects for this episode. Okay. And you do the the hosting. Okay. The art of misleading or lying about who you are online to pursue a deceptive online relationship. <laughs> Okay, like that, that, yeah, okay. Um, we hear some crazy catfishing stories from encountering heavily filtered photos and online bots to a Tinder tale of horror. You're not gonna, oh, yeah. you're not gonna add it. I thought that was a good that point. That was a good point, actually. That was a good point. Bom, bom, bom. Oh, I messed it up. Um, it's, okay, to a Tinder tale of horror. Bom, bom, bom. Now it's ruined now. A surprising group catfish as well, uh, and more. And we also discuss the more modern, yeah, equally, equally, equally baffling voice fishing, a new phenomenon where people alter their accent, dialect, or tone in attempt to sound more sexy or desirable. I have a lot of thoughts about voice fishing now, which we will talk about in the podcast, I guess. But like, even when we change our voice to talk to each other, like sometimes I want to talk like a British person. Am I、yes. voice fishing you right now? Well, I'm. I mean, I'm, I'm a bit. I'm in too deep now. You know, like you know. <laughs> I've、uh, tricked you. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs>、um, but yeah, voice fishing. I think there's a borderline, and I think there's a few comments that come up in this episode. That actually is a fair point, and that says it's probably not as bad. I don't think it's as bad as catfishing. That's、mm-hmm. how I feel right now. If you if you do it sexy enough, people overlook the fact that it's not your real voice. Is that right? Well, no. I just think. Well, we'll hear from some people that have got some very good、uh, opinions about voice phishing. But I've been so excited about this episode because we started recording this like when we first started season three. You know, we've been collecting people's stories, and、uh, they're just wild. Some of these stories, like you can't believe that some of these things are happening. Yeah, I think when you're in China, especially、uh, even before I came to China, you know what catfishing is generally. I mean, most people know what catfishing is by now.、Um, if you've watched the show and you've heard these stories, but in China, it kind of takes on this whole different like element, different layers here. And we did an episode about this in season two, but we wanted to do it again because there's just so much to it. You know, from Tinder and Tantan, you have filtering photos, you have people doing online dating scams and bots.、Um, there's just so much here. That's very unique to China for catfishing. Yeah, so we thought we would start by hearing from some people from the Beijing community,、uh, and oh, yeah, the Beijing community、uh, that share their thoughts and opinions on catfishing and voice phishing. So we're going to start with them, and then later in the episode, we've got some very、uh, detailed stories about what happened to certain people. Oh, they're so good. So good. So、uh, strap in,、uh, get a drink, and、uh, here's the first segment. My name is Elise. I'm from the U.S. I'm from Michigan, and I've lived in China for three years. Catfishing. 
I, I really feel like it's just some type of pop cultural movement in China where catfishing is just acceptable for men and women. Like, anytime you take a picture with a Chinese friend or coworker, it's instantly edited or they edit it before posting it. I mean, on the dating sites, you look at these guys and they look like ghosts. <laughs> like all of their skin is pillow white and they've got like pink cheeks and pink lips and really dark eyebrows and like a perfect hairline and it's so airbrushed, it's so obviously fake, but all of their photos will look like that. And even if you ask them to send you another photo, they're gonna send you another highly photoshopped photo. And when you meet them in person, <laughs> well, when you meet, okay, so here's a tip. This is, I'm sorry if I forgot the question, but if you are meeting someone in person and all of their pictures are heavily photoshopped, um, you should get there first so then they can tap you on the shoulder and be like, hey, it's me. Because if you get there second and you're looking around for the person in the photo, you're not going to find them because they're going to look totally different. My name is Kelly. I'm from originally from Canada, but I just moved here from Singapore and I've been in China uh, just over a year. Ooh, there's, a, there's a weird thing right, with girls that they do the high-pitched baby voice. And that drives me nuts um, because it's not their actual voice. It's like it's something they're doing, right? And if they're not going to do it around the office, then don't do it on a date. Um, but I also know that some people are into that. Um, and so, but uh, that's not me. Um, so yeah, voice, not so much. Just I need to get your personality and your personality should got to come through through your text. Um, so like the, the, the one word responses, not good enough, you know, but then because I don't write a book either, right? Um, but yeah, just give, give me your personality. Give me your personality, give me your, your sense of humor. Um, yeah, that's what I need more. If you're looking to try and meet people, the easiest way to do that is be yourself. And, and everybody just has to realize that they are a great catch. They are attractive, they are fun, they are cool, and they just have to put themselves out there. And then from that, because like, when you're talking to these people online and you're in these group chats, it's, it's hard to take their, their face value of what they're saying because you don't know who they are. And, 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 and that's tough, right? I don't know if I'm talking to a male or female. I don't know their, roughly their age either. Um, I don't know their race, so I, I don't know where their perspective's coming from. And so, yeah, if, you, if you're looking and you're in this for dating somebody and trying to meet somebody, and especially if you're in a group chat that's about dating and, and socializing, be yourself. Show, show people who you are. At the very least, like, show them that you're either a male or a female. Um, and like I said, it doesn't have to be a... a uh, you know, like a face shot, it could be, you know, a back shot or a side shot or anything. Just something that can give people an idea of who you are as a human being. I'm Lebo Libisi uh, from South Africa, Pretoria, and I've been in Beijing almost four years now. Uh, okay, but that kind of like just sounds like code switching to me, right? It's depending on what room you're in, how you move, what you say. Um, Do you code switch when you're talking to a new girl? I don't think I code switch, but I definitely, you know, turn up the coolness factor a little bit, talk with a little bit more swagger. Let's hear it. Just, just like, 
I don't really, because I already have a pretty deep voice, but I'd be like, slower. What's up? Uh, do you want to get out of here? Uh, I'm going to the bar. What, what would you like to drink? All right. Okay, that's nice. Nice. <laughs> Invitation. Okay, I like that take on it, too. My name is Ian. I'm from the U.S., uh, Houston, Texas, and I've been in China for about four and a half years. Yeah, I mean, it's if it's a bot, they have like a script that they go through. So the first message is the same that they send to everybody, and it's a general hi. And then there's like a there's like a follow up, like a ha ha, that's so interesting, or like some kind of like fake follow up message. And so the easy strategy there is just to say nonsense or say stuff that's out, or just call them a bot, and they'll be like, oh, and true, that's cool, and just uh, respond to it. And it's like, okay, well, this is obviously not a real person. Um, so you could you could you could uh, smoke them out that way, um, which. Typically for that, sometimes I'll just go on for a little while to see what, what else happens. And, and of course, there's an invitation into a Snapchat or, or some kind of social media thing where they can try to scam you out of, out of money. Despite what I said, there is still somewhat of a stigma attached um, for some people or, or whatever reason they have for not wanting to show their own pictures, to which I... Usually that is kind of an uh, iffy spot for me. Like, there, the, there have been times where I've added somebody and they've said that that was not their picture, and they sent me their pictures, and it looked fine, you know, like, no problems, but it's like, well, you kind of lied to me already, like, in a sense. I understand why you wanted to do it, I understand why you felt you had to do it, but at the same time, it's like, this is not a good starting point for, for a relationship, but typically I've said, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm just not interested. Hello, this is Molly from Handan City, Hebei Province, China. For younger generations, it's pretty normal. Like they would use the pop stars' pictures, the um, celebrities' pictures, or animal pictures, cute animal pictures, or even memes as their uh, account photo. But um, when you graduate from university, when you're like talking to people in a more professional occasion, you slowly abandon those pictures. So that's that's why I think. Yeah. So is it more like a cute interest kind of fun thing or is it like protecting your security? I've had some people tell me they want to use a fake profile, they're worried about their profile picture being used and scammed. I think most Chinese people, they are pretty reserved when they start and talk to you. So they prefer to have all the key information, including pictures, personal details, hidden. Uh, what they do is that they use a fake picture as the online dating picture and then once they know each other more they would literally ask each other for the real pictures that you have so they do that as exchange that means they know each other clearly they're using the fake pictures so so a mix of opinions there and some really valid points but let's start with elisa's comments i mean the heavily you know edited photos i've never really understood that you know when um when I was on Tinder or like dating and stuff like that, I just felt like it's like a step backwards, right? Mm. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think it was a little bit baffling when I first came to China and China and I was on um, apps as well. And you see such a heavily filtered photo, especially like for the women, the men. Uh, and I just feel like what's the utility of it? Because eventually you need to get over. It's a barrier, isn't it? And then when you get there, you're like, oh, you obviously I mean, like if somebody's got like cat ears or like a unicorn. <laughs> Um, uh, horn. You hate that. Or, you know, I, I fucking hate it. <laughs> or like, you know, they've got like one. I remember one, like, you know, they had like the rainbow coming out of the mouth, and it's like, you know what? I want to go on that date, and I want you to have like, if you don't have these things, then I'm just gonna walk out. <laughs> because 
Like, what is... I don't get it. Like, are you trying to show yeah, me that you're fun? eventually they're gonna... <laughs> you like rainbows. Haha, <laughs> wow. Nice. Yeah. Eventually you're gonna meet up with that person and they're gonna see what you really look like. I think yeah. that's the point for me. So anytime I saw super heavily filtered, I would I would swipe on that. I'm surprised that guys do it. But then again, I've seen, yeah. I've seen people that I know that have edited the photos and it's like... Wow, that's not you, bro. Like, yeah. But, like, you've taken yeah. the time to do it. Yeah. I think for me, even, like, coming to China and, and interacting with more Chinese people, and even when I was teaching, I had tons of university students, and they all used fake photos as well. So even in a non-dating environment, I remember thinking, like, why does this person have a cat for their photo or a baby? And I asked my friend, my student, Emily, I was like, why do you have a baby for your photo? Is this your baby? Like, who is this baby? And she's like, I don't know. Like, I just don't want to use my real photo. I think there's a real emphasis on privacy see kind of what molly was saying like people want to feel really reserved they don't want to like share their real photo until they get to yeah. know somebody yeah, yeah. so that is always interesting to me as well i mean well, yeah i mean those i mean getting on to uh molly molly and ian what they were saying towards the end um about like ian was talking about some people might just be a little bit more reserved but at what point is that somebody lying to you know like if you say mm. okay well okay i can i understand that you might be a little bit more um standoffish and you want to trust me more but at the same time you lied to me and i put myself out there and if that's your mindset then i don't want to um i don't want to go forward with a date or anything like that you know yeah i mean it kind of goes to what kelly said as well like what's your intention with like if your intention is to date and to like get to know somebody like yeah i think you you both have to kind of be on the same level. Like, let's get to know each other for real and not, like, hide behind different things. Or at least have something that's indicating, this is me, not just, uh, you know, a celebrity yeah. photo. I mean, Ke Kelly, once again, the sage voice of reason <laughs> in the baffling world of dating and relationships. Yeah, if you guys have listened to, like, episode one, where we talk to some other expats, you might hear some of these same voices, and Kelly has got a really nice sound advice for dating yeah yeah he should be an agony, agony un uncle <laughs> yeah I he think. should you know we he should really tell should. him um but um the baby voice thing that's i've never heard anybody say that as like a common thing he said this is a thing that girls do i have never heard about that i think there's a certain thing we'll need to ask a friend but there in chinese culture i have heard there is a very defined like acute a cute girl thing and it's kind of something that some girls you know, like, you know that episode of the office that we watched where andy was called into the office and, and michael scott's like um there's reports that you're talking like a baby in the office oh like, yeah andy got a boo-boo tum-tum <laughs> you know like is that it or is it more like more like a google gaga sort of thing i think it's just like the really cutesy like you know baby voice trying to sound maybe they think it will bring out a guy's like protective nature or like oh, oh yeah. wow i can take care of her. i don't know i've never done a baby voice I, if somebody did that to me i'd, I'd assume that they were an idiot <laughs> I'm like, okay, you're... Or you're not old enough to be dating. Yeah, you've Please been hit stop. on the head. Um, <laughs> stop talking like that. Yeah. Yeah, um, no, I agree. Um, but what, what Kelly was talking about, though, uh, about the understanding the cultural context, I think that's more important in a expat community or in, in an international city. So, I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be China, I guess. It could also be London or anywhere. Um but it is important, that cultural context about understanding where somebody's coming from and when they mean that. And we see that in the group chats, don't we? Like, we're dating out China, where somebody will say something, and then when you understand that person a little bit, bit more about and, and where they're coming from, you're like, okay, you know, that's not as abrasive or as offensive as you can just read the text and, and you get 
you flesh that person out as, as being more than two dimensional, which they are, but being online, it's very easy just to categorize them. Oh right? yeah. This is a huge thing in our WeChat groups, of course. Like I never realized, or I guess you do realize, but you, I've seen it so much happen in our groups where you, cause it's such a big group diverse of people, like people from all over who have different levels of humor yeah. as well. Different. Lots of online worries as well. As soon as you see something <sighs> wrong and it's like, that doesn't fit in with my cultural understanding. Yeah. Then people are just people pissed. People are really <laughs> yeah. quick to like ring the bell. They're like, uh, I can't believe you just fucking said that. But yeah, it's the culture. It's not happening in a while though. It kind of feels nice. <laughs> I think people are more preoccupied with the eminent, don't call it a lockdown. It's not a lockdown. <laughs> Things are locking down, but it's not a lockdown. It's not a lockdown. It's not a lockdown. Not yet. Um, okay, so let's... Lebo, right? I think this is a really valid point, and this is what I was getting at the start of the episode about voice fishing. You know, it, it's just not as bad. You know, people code switch all the time. Like, the way that I talk outside of work with my friends is not the way that I talk at, at work, you know, or with a boss or with colleagues and stuff. Mm. Um, so, yeah, voice fishing, is that not just code switching? No, I think it's different. I really do. I think voice fishing is an intentionality to, like, disguise or change to sound almost in a... I, I think it's beyond that. I think I do did, agree. Did with you. I do that when we first started dating? Was that, what would be appropriate for you? I guess if I sounded more British. Yeah. You know? Oh, Americans. Uh, hello. Americans love that. Yeah. 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 So the more you spoke like that, I was like, wow. Oh my gosh. I, I can't guy. remember. I can't remember sounding like. I mean, this is just my voice. But yeah, I I just knew your voice anyways. I, I am certain. It's, it's I am. when you started talking to me about serviettes that you really got me. <laughs> so Nathan has this thing like. Uh, when it's we're not at a, a restaurant, thing. it's just language. It's not, it's not a thing. So we're at a restaurant, and Nathan will say, "Can you pass me a serviette?" Because that's what it's called. It's no, a serviette. And I was like, "What are you talking about?" A and napkin. He, I'm like, sorry. It's a I'm, napkin. Oh my, it's a napkin. Oh my god! Can you pass me the napkin, please? I, who says serviette though? Like we're not British people. We're not at like a tea party or civilized, something. Civilized, civilized people that nobody, know what a serviette nobody is. Nobody says that. It's ridiculous. But anyways. Um, so, <laughs> I, but I am confident. I've that learned it's a fun, cute thing that you do. You're very proper, though, which it is really fun. It's I, I'm nice. pretty certain that if I wasn't British, we wouldn't have got on. <laughs> like we would, we probably would stood up, would have remained friends. If I were from like, if I was from like butt fuck nowhere, America, <laughs> then then you'd be like, nah, it's just not, it's not classy or like you know, international enough it's for me. Got that that extra British charm. Yeah, I don't I guess, know. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but Can you imagine you... in a few years if you find that I'm actually from. Minnesota, or like you know, I'm I've from heard your American New Jersey. accents, they're terrible. <laughs> yeah, so well, maybe I'm so good that I'm actually putting it, you know. <laughs> okay, then I would be really impressed. Mm, yeah, um, but what you said about code switching, I agree with that. I was, you know, just looking at some definitions in case anybody doesn't know, like it's basically like a difference in two or more languages or between two dialects. So, like Nathan Lee were saying, it could be even when you're around British people, you speak more British, like yeah, you, I do, you, yeah. you tone well, up those vocabulary words. Well, because oh, I don't have to filter myself anymore, I can just speak without are you filtering yourself <laughs> around me no i mean like i don't have to i don't have to watch which words i use because i know they're going to be universally understood no matter which part of the, generally no matter which part of the country somebody's from yeah i can i you, can you speak switch a to a more universally like kind yeah, of yeah. Yeah, I can, understood I can, vocabulary. I can go back to more like my home dialect a little bit. Yeah, more. you when you talk to your mom and dad, like especially on the phone, and I hear you, I was like, "What is this word he's saying?" <laughs> you have this very strong Northern England accent yeah, yeah. that comes out. And when you speak to yours, you just a lot of yeehaws and. <laughs> um, uh, you know, hey y'all! Hey y'all! Fixing to go to the store. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. you you got me. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's interesting because people will do that in different situations, though, whether it's work or friendships. Or, you know, I have some friends, especially, like, uh, friends who are black. They tell me that they code switch. Like, that's just something they do in different environments and intercultural 
um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Di- you know, dimensions and things. So I think maybe that's very different than voice fishing. Mm. But uh, the the final thing, the final point that Ian made about the bots. Now you see, I never, I can't remember really experiencing bots when I was on. Uh, Maybe apps. they were just so good you didn't know. Yeah, wow. Are you a bot? You're so just susceptible. like Westworld. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. But I tell you what, I do get now. I actually get people that are not bots, but I try to get uh, people try to scam me on Instagram. I've told you about that. Yeah. Where people like will add me, and I think okay, they might want to like they might know me through like this or or whatever. I'll just find out what they want. You know, I'm curious. Um, and then after talking with the like, like what Ian was saying, like the hi, oh yeah, you know, nice to meet you, where you from? And I talk about it, what do you do? Blah, blah, blah. And then eventually they're basically leading up to getting me to invest in like online trading. And I- Bitcoins. Well, no, actually <laughs> online trading is sort of different. And I've counted now. So anytime I get that, I will dedicate all of my time, all the day if I have to, I, two days it took me last time, that I actually try and convince them to sign up to Bitcoin. And I give them the marketing spiel while they're giving me their marketing spiel to the point where the last one, uh, she stopped answering to my messages. <laughs> I was so, so proud. Basically, because I kept, bu- I kept like, you know, messaging you every like- You scammed the scammer. Yeah, and then I, like she, I gave her the marketing spiel and then uh, she didn't text back. And then the first thing I did the next morning is I, I got on Instagram and I texted her again. I was like, hey, have you given more thought to like checking out like um, more material? Do you want me to send you an email with the PDF and like just check out this website? And nothing, radio silence. Um, so uh, it's it's a new hobby. You invested a lot of time into this too. Like you had come home, I, I guess from work or from a walk and you were like, look at all these messages I've created to send back to this scammer. I'm gonna yeah. get her. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. see what she says to this. You were very invested. Yeah. My only worry is like, maybe you got too invested. Like what if you become what you hate because of doing that? Well, what if you become addicted to it? You know, die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. <laughs> That's, oh. Sage words. Yep. Um, R.I.P. Harvey Dent. Um, so uh, now we've got some stories to play. We've got some excellent stories. We've got six stories uh, from people uh, about their catfishing and voice fishing experiences. Um, they are wild. Uh, so if you haven't experienced anything like this, um, you're going to love these stories. But if you have, then write into us and let us know. Yeah. Yeah. They're really good. Yeah. Okay. So uh, here's... Uh, Story number one. So my friend reminded me of this because I think I go on maybe like two dates a year because that's all I can handle because they're awful. So last year, yeah, last year I matched with this guy on Bumble and the first red flag was he had a profile picture that was to the side and it was all in the shadow. So I couldn't really see much. But we had good conversation. I wasn't really that concerned with looks. I was like, the vibe is right. We had similar humor. It was good talks. And we arranged to meet. We go to the local, a bar here in Stanley Toon. I'm sitting there. I'm chilling. I'm waiting. And then I feel someone rub on my shoulders. And I'm not a very confrontational person. In my mind, I am. But in real life, I just like tense up and I freeze. So I was just sitting there like this, feeling very uncomfortable. And he walks around and my jaw drops and I'm like, no. This was the same man I had been on a date with a year ago that went nowhere and we got in a fight at the end of the date. 
and he sat across from me and he was like, baby girl, I just like, the only reason I got on Bumble was to find you and I'm sorry I catfished you, but I've been looking for you and now we're here and it's meant to be. And I was just like, oh, how did I fall for this? I feel really stupid. He made a fake account. Yeah. Catfished just to find yeah, you. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this guy made a whole fake account, apparently, just to find me. Do I believe that BS? No. But it was extremely awkward and <laughs> very uncomfortable. And I literally didn't know what to say. So I just was like, haha, okay, okay, all right, yeah, sure, uh huh. And I got really mad at myself because I should have fucking got up and left. But I didn't, and I sat there like a dummy, just trying to be polite. And then after that, I was like, I don't need a date. Because that was awful, and I hated the feelings. I hate, like, the position that he, well, he didn't put me, no, he did put me in a position. I hate that it was a very strange, manipulative position that he put me in, and that I was, like, too scared to get up and leave because I didn't want to be a bitch. But I had every fucking right to be a bitch because that was weird and it was crazy. And yeah, after that, I was like, yeah, not going to date again. So, Elise. This is just outrageous. This story, when she was telling it, the fact that he not only, they had a bad date. It ended badly. They got in a fight at the end of their first date. And somehow he thought, you know what? I'm still going to find her again. I'm going to no, catfish see, her but I and think, find her again. No, I think that was something that he spun like, you know, it's like, oh, we matched again and it's going well. What can I do? I, I mean, he's probably done that to a lot of girls. No, I don't know. Yeah, it probably has. And it, I mean, it's really funny. Like when she's telling it, it's so funny. But also at the end, it's kind of scary and sad. You know, the fact yeah. that he did put her in that manipulative position because some somebody's hoping, whether it's a guy or a girl, anybody could do this to another person. But you're hoping that you have put them in such a position that they're going to feel I don't know what to do. I'm going to stay and just set this yeah. out. And she was like, I feel like I'm being a, a bitch right now if I get up or do something else. And that's terrible. Like, you know, mm -mm -mm. and you know, like you speak to Elise and she's got a bleak outlook on, on dating. I don't you, blame her. No, I, I agree. I, you know, I, it's like, yeah, what, that's why her. you shouldn't date. You know, yeah. <laughs> we shouldn't be endorsing that, but right. yeah, no, no, a hundred percent. So yeah, that's just a wild story. Okay. So next up we've got, um, uh, another crazy story. Um, I've actually had it where a person's had their friend um, say like things about the person and not even them. So there's just like the, the friend was basically like, oh, this is my friend, da 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 da. She's like, she likes this, she likes this. And then she recorded that and sent it to me. And I'm like, like it was like almost like a weird, like, it was like not a job interview, but it was almost like, like, a, like a weird, like, like almost like, you know, on LinkedIn where you can like, like oh yeah, they're good at Photoshop. You know, <laughs> that's right. it was kind of like one of those. Exactly. It was a weird endorsement and, and it was just it was just strange. And then she showed up and then and then and she could talk fine English. But I, I know some of them might not be confident in it. And I, and I get that. Um, but I, I can promise you their English is way better than my Chinese. OK, so this story is not so much crazy, just like weird, though. You know, I don't know why this this yeah. is like a good tactic. You it's know? just an interesting online dating experience where you have a friend endorse the friend. It's just another step addition isn't it it's just another barrier 
you know, because eventually you need to be on that date and you need to be you and you need to be talking in the same way as like the filtered photos yeah. don't reveal who you actually are. It's just a, another barrier. It's just strange. Yeah. But I do think there's a different way to go about this that works well, because I do. Ha I have talked a lot with my other female friends. Maybe this is also for men as well. But if you have a, an endorsement from a mutual friend, like, hey, if, if my friend knows the guy and they're like, hey, yeah, I know that guy, like you guys should go out. It's it feels a bit safer. So sometimes you want a friend endorsing it, but I don't think this is the right way to go about doing that. If I was single, I, I'd want like a, like an endorsed advertisement with a proper <laughs> voiceover actor. Like, are you tired of dating losers? Well, look no further. Yeah. You Nathan will, you know, like, you know. Yeah, you would. Yeah. Mm. So it's either got to be all the way done very well or not at all for yeah, you. Yeah. I want sponsored adverts. I want a radio ad. I want like billboards. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'll never get to that, so it's fine. <laughs> just <All right>. saying. <laughs> okay, now this next one. Now, this next one is just weird, but the storyteller, Shannon, is very funny. Hey, my name is Dr. Shannon Evans. I'm from the Bahamas, and I have lived in China for almost four years. On Tinder, and I've since, I mean, I haven't been on Tinder or Bumble or Hinge in like months, maybe even almost a year. But back in the day, there was this guy, he was like really handsome. And you know, like there are some profiles that are just a little bit too good to be true, right? So he's like really handsome and we're talking and it seems okay. And I like to wait a while before I give someone like my WeChat information, because then once you get there, it just, it's too much effort. I now have to block you from this and block you from something else. So, you know, we're talking for a bit. Seems nice, seems cool. So he's like, can we move this conversation to WeChat? Sure, let's do it. Gives me, no, I think I gave him my WeChat ID. So he adds me. Completely different name, completely different picture. I'm like, mm, what's happening? What's going on? What are we doing? So I go back to, I think it was Tinder, and I'm like, hey, so is this, is this you? And he's like, yeah, it's okay. Well, we have, there's, there, there's dissonance happening because you're one person here and you're one person there. Which one is you? And so he gave me some story about how, I don't know, it didn't make sense at the time, but it was almost like, you know, like hiding from the ops kind of thing, you know, like he had to protect himself. Sir, what are you protecting? You know, what? This, this. If you were protecting this over here, I get it. This is what you were protecting. From who? What? We need the protection, sir. What is all? No, no. You, no. I will not. I cannot. So, yeah, he pleaded and was like, no, no, just, nope. There's no need. There is no need. Losing my faith in humanity. What I love about that story is the, when she says, you know, there's dissonance happening. <laughs> Brilliant. I love how she was like, what are we protecting? Like this over here I would get, but this one, like, I, it's so interesting. I love, I love how it's like, that is the best line he could think of. Right. Like I am hiding because I'm some sort of spy or something, you know? I think it's, I mean, it's funny. I bet it's probably just that weird cultural misunderstanding thing that he's like, this is my real identity and I need to hide it from cyber trafficking we do have people even in our wechat groups who say that they're like i'm not sharing any personal details here i'm not going to use this so i 
I guess that is a very big real fear that people have. But the way it comes across when you are dating, mm. why set up a whole different profile for this other person instead of just changing some things to to be a little bit more private? I don't know. It's baffling. Baffling. Baffling, baffling. Baffling. <laughs> well, okay, so we've carried on. We've got uh, three more stories uh, to share. The next one uh, is Kale's. Um, heart goes out to him on this one. Uh, but again, very funny. My name is Kale Holmes. I lived in China for three years. I'm originally from Texas by way of Washington, D.C. There was this uh, woman I matched with on Tantan, and like we were kind of talking a little bit, like just not really deep, but you know, we were clearly like having fun and like having fun over text, I mean. And then she was like saying, anything could happen anytime. Our lives are very short. And she like dropped me a pin and I assumed it was her place. And so I ended up buying a bottle of wine. I like said, okay, I'll maybe meet you here this day. And I went there and it was like an institution, like a, it was <laughs> a massage place. <laughs> and I was like, I bought this bottle of wine and I don't even drink Pinot Grigio. It's the saddest part. It was a group catfish. I feel like I had the perfect opportunity to make the film The Tauntaun Swindler. Group catfish. <laughs> I love Kale's story. And he's just such a, just a, a wholesome guy, the way he, he tells this story. And he was so innocent and he, he's got this bottle of wine. But that, that any logical guy would assume that that was on, you know? It's like <laughs> life is short and like, you know, things are precious and, you know, we should appreciate the here and now or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, here's a pin. Like, why would you not assume that is an... It's an invitation. Yeah. Things are on. I mean, I think that's the thing. It's, it's like, it's a, a guy's, wine. it's a guy's a bottle dream. Of wine, it, yeah, know? yeah, for sure. Yeah. I love also that he emphasized, he's like, I got some Pinot Grigio. I don't even drink it. But I, that's why I don't understand. That's the only part of it. Like if you got, you, you wouldn't just drink, you wouldn't just bring a bottle that you can I drink. Think, I think he wanted to impress her though. And maybe that's well, impress a, her with a, a bottle that you can drink. <laughs> Well, I, I bet they all enjoyed that bottle of wine together. I wonder if they I, did. I wonder what happened next, though. He didn't, we didn't he ask. <laughs> we should have asked him. What happened next at this massage parlor where they all group catfished? Also, was that their plan to begin with? Were they like, hey, we're all going to come together. Let's catfish one person. Is it all to get <laughs> sales? Or is it like an underground kind of like... You know, kind of kinky massage parlor. Maybe it's like, you know, like when you hear those uh, scamming stories about um, uh, new tourists getting invited to a tea shop and yeah. then they're being like uh, uh, given like a, a very hefty bill at the end. It's that assumption that people will just go along with it and pay. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's it. Mm. Or maybe they want more from him. Maybe. I don't know. And is this like a thing they do regularly? Like, do they know what they were doing? If you have been uh, catfished and sent to a massage a parlor, let, let us know. Tell us any group catfishing experiences. Bizarre, though. Okay, two more stories left. Hi, my name is Maria. I live in Beijing, uh, five years now in Beijing. So I want to share my story. It's a story that began in the dog community group in uh, Beijing because I'm a pet owner and I have two dogs. And one man had me from this group, uh, first uh, uh, sent me a send request, a friend request, and uh, talking about dogs, etc. 
So I trust him because it was not from a dating application. It was, it was from a dog group. So that's the conversations. I asked him why he had me, what, what he's expected from me. And he was very clear that he wanted uh, more than a friendship. He just wanted to have someone in his life. So that goes over for more than six months where at a point uh, he tell me that he have another WeChat account that I need to use because it's more comfortable using the other one. Uh, I began to have a red flag on my ears because the conversation in the new account was different. There was a lot of emojis, there was a lot of emotional, it was very, uh, it wasn't the same feeling of uh, deep conversations that I had before. So I said, I have the impression I'm talking to a girl, not to a boy. I contacted different friends that confirm me that this man is not really maybe the one that he say he is. So I told him that I want a phone call with him, a video call with him, etc. But that was a bit complicated. So also I, I wasn't sure that I really wanted this for myself. So uh, where it began, it's that emotionally it was very complicated because uh, it was long chat, two times a day, morning and evening. Uh, chat of one hour it was very long it was very deep it was uh, really knowing one another with a lot of conversation toward work religion uh, a lot of things plan future plan etc it was very well done also he was very caring about my own health uh, he was insisting that I need to do full body check every time and uh, it was very intrusive relationship uh he began to ask me for money because he sent me some he say he sent me some gift he put some important document and i needed to pay um uh to pay to get this gift to me uh because it, the, the pack was blocked in macau and uh, there was a lot of stories around this pack so i asked some lawyers and some friends that told me that macau are <laughs> custom free so so it's just Catfish thing. So at that point, I delayed him, but I forget to block him. So he sent me a message crying that all his documents are inside. How can I give this to him? Oh, that's not fair. He just trusted me. It was very intense message. So I feel myself very, very, very bad. And I say, oh my God, I did something bad to someone that doesn't deserve it. So I add him back. And we go back again in this because he said he, he went to Italy and uh, uh, the conversation was again over two times a day for a long time. And uh, um, this time he began to ask me for money because his project has some problems. So all the information he gave me, I check it out in the internet. I check it with some friends and that was pretty correct. So it was well prepared. Of this organization to make sure that emotionally they can track you, they can render you dependent on them. It's a long, intrusive conversation to reach to a point to get some money from you and not small amount of money because he asked me to send some euro. I say, I'm sorry, I don't send euro. I don't have European bank account. So he asked me to ask some friends to give him money. And at a point, I just block and delayed him and delayed all the conversation of him. And that's it. So. I take a long time to get over this for myself because it's just this story bring me down in a very deep way. But the good thing is that it's give me the will of realizing what I really want for myself. So it's make me stronger. Okay, so this one is like way more intense. This is like borderline. Well, this is fraud, isn't it? 
Yeah, basically. I it mean, sounds like the Tinder swindler. Yeah, it does. It does. I, I think it very much is that emotional connection thing first to try to create a bond with somebody and lure them into that sense of comfort and vulnerability and opening up and then trying to ask for the money. Like, it would be great to actually see if we could message her and see a photo of this the person that was catfishing her or the, the profile. I, the know persona. If, I don't know if she even got one. Oh my word, but six months as well. I know. You know, and those what, like what did you say? Two two, two times a day, an hour long chats, yes. being so concerned right. about her personal health and everything. And, and planning a future, talking about work and life and it's nuts. And yeah. then eventually the money thing after like all that groundwork. Yeah. Yeah, that's the long game, I guess, for some scammers. Well, you just have to watch the Tinder Swindler to see how something like that is as obvious as it might seem. Um, but you do that enough times with enough people, and then you've got a steady, like, passive income flow. Yeah, yeah. From other people. It's nuts, but it's just so much emotional manipulation, and yeah. you know. And then she said she even tried video calling, but it was complicated, and they made excuses and gaslighting, and probably you know, yeah. and just turning it around and the guilt that she felt for, yeah. for for trying to put barriers up. Yeah, that's intense. Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, good for her for yeah, eventually getting to the point like, okay, no, I'm not cool with this anymore, and I'm stepping mm -mm -mm. away, and and you know. I'm sure that's just hard when you're slowly stepping in. I think that's the thing people don't always realize about these situations. It's such a slow and steady emotional trust that they're trying to build with you to eventually scam. So it's not like all at once and people are like, how didn't you see it? You know, it's always a slow and steady thing that you think. And she met him in a WeChat group and it was a dog group. She said she has a dog. So usually those kind of communities, you're like, oh, I can trust this maybe a little bit more. But you never know, I guess. You never know. Okay. One more story left. Are we ready? Yes. My name is Lena and I'm Russian. I live in Beijing and uh, I lived in China for about six years now. Uh, so obviously being a single girl in China is challenging and catfishing is not a, an uncommon thing. Uh, so I've been catfished quite a, quite some times and, um, and though it's typical for men to be catfished by the looks, I guess, of the girls, um, but, uh, I've been catfished by nationality. Uh, I went on a date with a guy from Tinder uh, who's been chatting with me for quite a while, and uh, he he was saying that he's Australian, and he had like photos from Australia, from what I could see. Uh, but when we met, um, he had this like thick Slavic accent, which is was pretty easy to recognize since since I'm Russian, um, and I tried to confront him. I told him, like, look, you don't sound Australian at all. Uh, and he said that, oh, like, Australians had their, their, like, very specific accent. And I'm like, yeah, but you don't sound anywhere close to anything like Australian accent. And he kept saying that, no, it's just a part of the country accent kind of thing. And then I spoke, like, I spoke... Russian to him and he he had to admit after that 
um, that uh, he was indeed from Eastern Europe. <laughs> this one. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I, d- I don't know what to say about this uh, yeah. one. It's a bit... It's interesting that she did know some people catfish by looks. We've talked about the photos and things, but he catfished her by nationality, (laughs) which is an interesting thing as well. You're like, eventually, if you meet up in person, they might recognize your accent or and maybe he thought he could get away with it. I just don't know how you thought he thought you could get away with it. And especially if he knew she was from Australia. Yes, this is is the part. It's so good. (laughs) Strange. Maybe he thought. Oh, maybe she's not going to notice. Maybe he's done that before to other women who didn't know the accents very well. Or maybe he thought he was hiding it. But she's Russian and she was like, I, I know that Eastern European accent. You know like, what? You know we can't does. hide that. <laughs> but I, I'm not going to name any names, but I, I think you'll know who a few people that I'm talking about. Um, there are some people that I've met in China where they'll have an affinity for another country. Yes. And they'll and then then they'll start saying that I like they might be Chinese or they might be from wherever and they say I identify as uh somebody as somebody from Africa. And yes. it's like, "Huh. Okay, <laughs> or I identify as uh Japanese." Yes. And it's like, "Hmm, but you can't you can't no, you can't do that." That doesn't change like how how and where you're born just and your appreciate culture. The, just appreciate yeah. the culture yeah. and the country and the people and everything. But you can't check, like... That happened in our WeChat group once as well. Somebody was like, Some, I'm, yeah. I identify as, like, German. And they're definitely not German. Yeah. And you can't, you know, you to can't... To the point where it's like, us Germans or something like that. And it's like, well, no. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's interesting because, yeah, you can have an appreciation for another culture. You can, you know, love it, you know. Unless, like, they've been living it. there for, like, like years. You know what I mean? And it's like, I've lived here so long that I do feel... Yeah. You know, because I, I do know some... Thinking about it now, I do know some, like, uh, people that have lived here for so long that they feel more at home in the Chinese culture than they do their own. But would they say that they're... I, I don't know. Like, would they still claim... I know that they'd, there's they'd many say more, they'd, they'd say I'm more Chinese than I, I am, guess. say, British or anything like yeah. that. But, like, to just... I, I think these people are... The, the, the other people that I mentioned earlier... Um, they, they've just been there for, like, one or two years. Or, like, they appreciate everything about the culture. So it's like they're adopting it kind of like, you know... It feels like, like kind of like a new hairstyle, mm, you know? Yeah. It's like, I'm, this is my new look. I'm I'm Filipino. Or I'm wherever. <laughs> you know? It's like, oh, I don't know if you can say that. Swap it like a hat. But I guess you're right. There are people who have lived in a culture or or really been there for a long, long time that they do identify with the cultural values and the, the livelihood. And that's a tricky line, I guess. But I, I think what he and was And for dating doing as well. Different. I think yeah. that's a no-no. No, right? yeah. It's been, uh, yeah. You're just saying, like, you know, I'm from... It doesn't even sound like he was trying to adopt... Well, maybe he was trying to adopt Australian livelihood. I don't know. I wonder if he was, like, throwing, like, a, like a few, like, good eye mates. <laughs> and, like, uh, well, for a date, I thought we'd go for a barbie. I mean, I'm being very uh, stereotyping. You're take, very stereotyping the Australians I am, now. Yeah, sorry, any Australians. Aussies that have... Um, the Aussies. I could see you being an Aussie, though. You lived there for a while, so yeah, maybe you could say you're Australian. Can I say that? I lived there for a year. Can I say that uh, I'm Australian? Yeah, good eye, Rach. Uh, let's uh, let's go for a walk and uh, and uh, have a few uh, chinnies. In, in Australia, they also say thongs, and that confused me thongs. for a long yeah, time because yeah. thongs in America is very different. Well, yeah, 
Yeah. Flip-flops. We call them flip-flops. Yeah, we call them flip-flops too. Yeah. Yeah. That's a little fun fact about <laughs> Australia. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to our cultural show. Yes. Uh, so that's it. That's all the stories. Wow. Uh, yeah, there were some wild ones and such a depth and variety because it manifests in many different ways with online dating and dating scams and catfishing. Sometimes it's not like a specific outright catfish, but sometimes it's a very roundabout way of not being yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This has been a fun episode. And we've got a video to compliment this. It'll be coming we out do. soon. We do. So you yeah. guys, you need to check us out on YouTube. And we're on Billy Billy if you are in China or don't have a VPN. Mm, mm. Uh, but for now, we are going to leave you with a very sage and no-nonsense advice from Elise, who has just been a treasure trove of stories and opinions in this episode. So enjoy and happy dating. The voice fishing? Like, just be yourself. It's so easy. Like, why are you trying so hard? Especially in China, like, we've already been through enough shit. Just be yourself. Don't nobody got time for you trying to catfish, voice fish. Like, no, you're gonna get blocked. Don't do it. Just be you. If you've lived through COVID in China and you haven't been to your home in three years, the last type of bullshit you're trying to put up with is someone faking their identity. So don't do it. Just, I mean, just don't. Just be like, hi, this is my voice and I sound like a chipmunk. I'm sorry, but this is me. Whatever, it's fine. It's slim pickings. <laughs> and, uh, because you mentioned it, um, uh, so Alvin, Simon, or Theodore. <laughs> Which, snog, marry, kill. Oh. Wait, fuck, marry, kill. Oh. Okay, Alvin, Theodore, and Simon. Simon's the annoying one. He's the one with glasses. He's Simon! He's the smart one, you know, he does all the science stuff, you know, he gets... Mm. Who's Theodore? In the blue? He's like the cute little one. He's a cute one. The little yeah. butterball, he's just kind of there. Alvin's the main dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. I, okay. So fuck, Mary kill. Fuck, Mary kill. The three chipmunks, Alvin, Theodore, and Simon. I'd be marrying Alvin, because he's the star. Um, and he probably got the bank account to back it up. Uh, I would probably fuck Simon because... He's the nerd, and nerds are usually the freak in the sheets. And then I would kill Theodore because I don't know nothing about him. <laughs> and it would be an easy kill. I don't know you, so plop, plop. <laughs>